The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. <laughs> Check it out. Bitmo Squad 98, Raw Deluxe. Check it out, yo. I'll be the street kid, the brother your mama frequent. Put your people on if y'all know how to keep a secret. When I get money, you know I like North South Connection Podcast Network viewers and listeners. Welcome to the most extreme and Asha of violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Throughway Dance. JT, Matt, and Jenny taking you through the history of Extreme Championship Wrestling. If you're watching, thank you for checking out our YouTube channel, subscribing and liking while you're here. would be cool as well. If you're listening, thank you for subscribing to our audio uh, feed, wherever podcast app you're on. Thank you for being part of the family. And, of course, check out everything we have to offer here on the video world. We're dropping content every day, whether it's full-form podcasts or short video clips and different games and lists and drafts and everything else. Uh, anything wrestling related, whether it's old school, we get some current stuff, you know, we have it for you. So uh, not only subscribe, but share us, spread the word, spread the love and help us get some more eyes and ears our way. Uh, Jenny, Matt, how are you guys doing? Uh, doing good. A big ass extreme episode. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yes, it is. The most extreme. Yeah. Uh, you, most... you had a little factoid earlier. How many matches have we watched for this? Uh, well, by the end of tonight's episodes, we will have watched, uh, what are we going through tonight? Four, eleven? Uh, yes. Okay, 678 matches, Jenny, you and I have watched uh, wow. by the end of this episode. That's, that's, Matt's that's a little bit a less. Lot. He joined us in 96, but still a lot, I'm sure. That's a, that's a lot of wrestling. And that's just this show. <laughs> right. A lot of years. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're four years in. It's crazy. Like over four years into ECW now. Um, so we're chugging along. We only got about two and a half left, which is nuts. Mm. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna finish. We this. are. This is gonna be the first podcast that I finished. Mm-hmm. Finished the content. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're done. It's it. it ends. 
Anyway, March 28, 1998, Fonzie's backstage with Sabu and Raw Van Dam. He's hyping them up. Takes a crap on the triple threat. Fonzie says he's a genius. So Sabu will take out Bigelow after RVD softens him up and the TV title is coming home to them. RVD says he's ready to kick Bigelow's ass. He'll beat him again. RVD says to Sabu, what's yours is mine. What's mine is mine. And they can talk about how to split things by percentages. RVD says he's going to scare Bigelow for his life and then apologize to Sabu. And then he says he'll kick his teeth down his throat. Apologizes to Fonzie and then says he will <laughs> knock his head off and then they all whistle. This amazing stuff with RVD with the backhanded insults to both guys. Uh, but you can see what's coming here. RVD is going to soften up Bigelow for Sabu with the pay per view. But uh, RVD looks out for one man, right? So we know that he may be gunning for that belt, not just a weekend uh, Sabu for, I mean, a weekend Bigelow for his partner. Yeah, I mean, why would we think otherwise? Right. <laughs> just like, what? Fonzie, genius. Uh, he, he has no idea what he is doing. Uh, that that line where he said he's going to knock his teeth down his throat. No offense, no offense Fonzie. Fonzie. Destroyed. No. Perfect backhanded bullshit compliment by RVD. It was fantastic. I just like watching Sabu during those things because... <laughs> He catches all the insults is what kills me. <laughs> he really he reacts to it. It's mm-hmm. great. All right, we get our opening animation, including a graphic for Wrestlepalooza. Joey's in the nest from the ECW arena says the big news is all the title matches have been announced to Wrestlepalooza. Shane Douglas defends the world title against Al Snow. Sabu challenges Bam Bam Bigelow for the TV title. And Rotten Balls, that's Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney, challenge Chris Candido and Lance Storm for the tag team titles. That brings us to our opening match, which is a three-way dance featuring Rotten Balls, Danny Doring, and Amish Roadkill, and And of course, that means it is time for our Italian lesson of the week. Yes. All right. Tonight's word sheet is Mitsasega. Oh, boy. Mitsasega. Mitsasega. It's a video game. It's not about the Sega Genesis. Damn it. (laughs) It literally means half a saw, but the insult is meant to mean lightweight or pipsqueak. Oh. So you're little Mitsasega. Little bitch. Now, what's a what's a Mitsa Super Nintendo? Does that mean it's uh, a little bit bigger? Right. Yeah. Mitsa Dreamcast is something that's right. really right. cool. Right. Lasts for about a year or so. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. NBA was it NBA 2K was the really cool one on Dreamcasts? That was the, the NFL. The NFL game was really good too. NFL. NBA. 2K. NBA. We played so much. My junior year of college, we played nonstop NBA mm-hmm. for Dreamcast. It's real good. Yeah. Well, what was the Amish word of the week? Wheat. Wheat. <laughs> no power, I think. Would be a... <laughs> I've got the power. Candlelight. <laughs> you know, I believe the oh. Amish, the Amish, the real Amish, are of the descent of a certain nationality. Amish? Oh, oh boy. We've made a mistake. Cowboy Joe awesome. was not a Amish? surprise that Brockus opened the door. And now the Amish are everywhere. 
And he's I've, always, I've always said Brockers was the one who <laughs> he'd be the the one to lead, like the Moses of ECW. Right. Really. He was like the canary in the coal mine. <laughs> the FBI are dancing as Joey thanks the fans for the donations to buy Tracy Smothers an anniversary copy of Saturday Night Fever, but it's not helping his dancing. <laughs> Wright leads out Doring, Roadkill, and draws. Joey says he's used mommy's money to build quite the entourage. Doring grabs the mic. He says, dastardly Danny. And he don't stop until the panties drop. He intros Roadkill, Wright, and draws. He said draws played with John Elway. He kicked the ball and scored lots of baskets. Doring says they want to make a name for themselves by beating former champions. And he rips off Bret Hart's catchphrase, but says he's the coolest of all time. The crowd is all over him. His balls and Axel come out. Axel says the fans want a real tag match, and he calls Dan Danny Terrio. Makes a Saturday Night Fever joke. Axel says he and balls are easy to get along with, and offers the FBI to do what ECW originated and perfected an extreme three-way dance. Rotten balls clean house with chairs. We're off and running. We clip through this. Everyone gets some shine, starting with chaos. Settles in a bit as Roadkill dominates the FBI. Balls holds court outside. He bashes Guido with a chair. We clip again and Balls nails Roadkill with the chair again. We clip to the FBI eliminating Doring. Smothers dodges a nutcracker sweet and walks into a super kick. Balls goes up top and misses a leg drop. The FBI dance and hammer Balls for a bit until Balls hits Smothers with a powerbomb. Axel comes in and cleans house. We clip ahead. He's fighting off both FBI and tags Balls, who cleans house as well. We then clip to Balls hitting the nutcracker sweet on Smothers to pick up the win. Mainly clips again, so it's hard to judge, uh, but it seemed on par with the usual business. Rotten balls are really over. The FBI do their thing. Doring's a good low level shit stirrer. I think he could fit well as fodder with Wright, I guess. Like, this is where Wright should be kind of get away from the WF stuff and being presented like he's like a player and just like, you know, twaddle along with these losers at the bottom of the card and let them work the opening match stuff. So uh, I went uh, two stars, Matt. Again, just kind of standard comedy opening match fodder, but it gets rotten balls over before the pay per view. Yeah, I mean, it was a perfectly fine showcase for Rotten Balls. I went two stars on it like you. Uh, Doring is very bad on the mic. Well, hopefully, hopefully he can uh, he can fix that soon because, holy Lord, that was uh, that was not good. Um, I, I do think it was interesting. They say they want to make a name for themselves, and you're going to do it against the two men with giant chairs that are going to <laughs> kill you. That's probably not a smart move on your part. Uh, they turned Amish Roadkill into Roadkill during this mm-hmm. match, weird, weirdly enough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a totally fine uh, showcase match. Uh, rotten balls, excellent balls are like the perfect pairing. They just work balls, so well with each other. Balls, rotten balls. <laughs> it, it, they're basically like the same person, so it works perfectly. <laughs> it's like they're like clones, basically. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Smothers gets pinned by the Nutcracker Suite, and that was it. So, uh, fun showcase, two stars, Jenny. Um, I like the crowd here because they say, <laughs> you both suck uh, in chant form. <laughs> Which is funny. I I know that uh, I, I've not seen Doring. Like this is like the second time I've seen him. Maybe the third time. But I kind of enjoyed him on the mic because he was silly. He he said the little Bret Hart thing that that popped me a little bit. And he had jokes. I don't mm-hmm. know. I enjoyed it. Uh, FBI was great here, and it did make me wish that it wasn't so clipped up. And I, but I did like that Balls finally uh, gets the pin. He seems like he doesn't get it as often as Axel does. But I do love that team. Been an Axel fan since 700 matches ago. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, like, super happy that they're getting to do matches like this and are actually, like, super contenders for the titles. Well, you may as well at this point. They've spent a lot of time with them. Like, 
at some right. point, it's just not believable that they wouldn't at least get a shot at the titles. Like, so you mm-hmm. just at least burn it and see where it goes. I mean, they're over enough for sure. It's not a obviously not a sexy tag team, but like, it is what it is. Like, I'm sorry, be... what? Of yeah, course they are. And um, Axel says extreme three way dance. So he I does. He did. Yeah. Oh, shouts us out. Mm-hmm. If we had a better editor, we could pull that and, and do it. Mm, perhaps. All right. We stay inside the tag division as Lance Storm and Chris Candido take on Jerry Lynn and Chris Chetty. Tag team champions head out, and Joey says these guys could lose the titles at any time because they hate each other so much. Candido grabs a headset and mic and demands his theme music be played instead. So we get that gag again. He leaves and comes back in. We'll settle in to see if the youngsters can end the rain. Uh, Candido and Storm argue as we get going. Candido and Lynn start. Lynn works through both guys with an assist from Chetty. Clears out the champs. We clip ahead to Candido working over Lynn in the ring. Lynn shakes it off, chops away into a roll-up, but Candido reverses into a pancake. Candido tries to repeat what Lynn did. Now he gets pancaked. Storm barks at him. Candido slaps Storm to tag him in. Storm slaps him back. Candido spikes him in the eye, but Storm hits a spin kick, and then he saves Candido to keep his job. Candido and Storm fight their way into a combo hangman neckbreaker powerbomb as Joey tries to determine who would have been fired after that brawl. <laughs> Clip to Candido, hitting a nice delayed vertical on Lynn. Storm tags in, gets a single-leg crab, but Lynn gets the ropes. Candido tags in. They get double team on Lynn into a clip where Lynn mounts a comeback, but eats a Storm super kick for two. Storm slams. Lynn goes up top. Candido tags himself in, misses a top rope headbutt. Chetty tags in. He cuts through Candido with a flurry, grabs a close near fall. Lynn helps to keep Storm at bay, but Chetty slips on a springboard. He crotches himself. Mm. Storm is a double springboard clothesline. It's a spin kick on Lynn. Storm is a top rope spin kick on Chetty, but Lynn makes a save. Candido dumps Storm outside by accident, covers Chetty, and picks up the win. Ron Balls come out. They say they aren't Canadian scabs and not some sissy whose girlfriend cares more about his partner. Candido charges, but Axel cracks him with a chair. Storm springs off a of Candido, drop kicks Rotten Balls, but eats a Balls chair shot. Rotten Balls leave the champs laid out with chairs until Bigelow makes a save, but he gets wiped out as well. In comes Shane. Francine tries to help. She gets thrown to the side. Douglas goes low on Balls, but eats a tough chair shot from Axel. Bigelow recovers. He buries Axel and Balls with gratings from Asbury and puts Candido on top, and they count three. So usual stuff here, a bunch of clips. Uh, it's a good pushing of Candido and Storm's angle. Uh, they're great, but you're going to figure there's escalation coming at some point. Chetty and Lynn were game. They have a future, but all eyes right now are on Candido, Storm, and the triple threat. Rotten balls make their mark for us to Palooza, but the triple threat lay them out. So Jenny went two and three quarters, a, a very good tag match yet again, and it gets some good heat for the tag title match at Palooza. Uh I mean... Yeah, all of that is exactly correct, and I had a bunch of those notes too. Um, I really just calling out a couple of spots. Uh, Jerry Lynn is amazing. He is amazing. He does most of the bumping around on this one. Um, poor Chetty. As soon as I write, like Chetty looks pretty good too. He fucked up and he <laughs> slipped on that rope. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, dude, because he was he was in a nice groove. Uh, I thought when he got in, um, but. I, I like what they're continuing to do with um, Storm and Candido, um, continuing to hate each other. And um, I liked all the craziness at the end. I don't know. Three stars, Matt. It's funny you said that about Chetty because I had the same thing. I was just about to say, oh, he looks great. And then he fucking slips off the top rope like you jackass. I was just about to compliment you. Literally one note and then the next <laughs> Like, come on, man. Oh, God. Poor guy gets no break. But yeah, I went three stars on this, too. I, I thought this was uh, really fun. Uh, Lynn is great. Like you said, Lynn and Chetty work really well together. So I, I think they're a tag team that maybe maybe they can get a future title shot if they just keep, you know, having these uh-huh. great showings like 
I mean, the tag division's weak. You need more teams, so why the hell not at this point? So, yeah, I thought this was uh, really well done. Uh, the Storm Candido stuff, I think, has been really well done with yep. them saving each other but still hating each other at the same time because they have to help each other. I just think that's it's such a unique way to do this tag partners hate each other thing, and it makes it stand out, and I think it's I think it's better off for it. Like, it's making me enjoy a thing that I kind of hate. <laughs> everywhere yes. else it's been done so i think it's i think it's really well done the post match was fine uh seeing bam bam just drop uh what's it, uh balls on his head i think it was balls mm-hmm. it was just brutal like yeah. it just lifting him up like he weighs 150 pounds and just mm-hmm. dropping him on his skull was super impressive so yeah uh, i enjoyed this quite a bit so three stars for me still no dudleys in sight yeah <laughs> we haven't seen them in a while right um, it's weird all right, Sandman saunters to the ring. He's got a cane. He's got a beer. But Joey sets up this big TV title match as Bigelow has Taz on his mind. We get highlights from Queens on March 13th. Taz showed up in street clothes before Bigelow's match with Pablo Marquez. He drove Bigelow from the ring. Bigelow bailed and took off as Taz marched around. Marquez, for some reason, wanted a hug from Taz. And Taz just beat the shit out of him instead. <laughs> make a point. So Matt, it was a fine little moment there. Taz destroying poor Pablo. Uh, poor Pablo uh, obviously does not watch a lot of ECW programming <laughs> because uh, he, otherwise he would have known that Taz never he, Taz doesn't want a hug from people that he loves. Never mind the schmuck. So obviously he doesn't obviously he doesn't pay attention to ECW and he just fucking kills him. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was uh, really really fun to see Jenny. How do, how do we feel about seeing Taz now? Um, we haven't heard from him since he lost. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's like back to his, um, just crushing youngsters gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, so feels like a real fall down for him. Hmm. Curious if he's leaving soon. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, falling down like it fell through the ring. Yep. <laughs> he's definitely got, he's definitely a little bit lost because of where, yeah, where the triple threat's at and, mm-hmm. With snow is kind of it feels like snow's in a spot maybe a little bit right now. Like mm-hmm. the natural evolution right now would have felt like Taz stepping up to challenge right. Shane. But snow is so hot you gotta take a shot. So maybe Taz is just on mm-hmm. ice until we do the snow thing and then move along, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean give him a rest. Let him come back and challenge Shane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we uh, head back to the ring as Sandman is challenging Bam Bam Bigelow for the TV title. Bigelow's on the ring, Sandman's uh as well, but Taz is there too. He says he's waited weeks to be face to face with Bigelow. All he's heard is all the reasons why Taz should avoid him. Taz says Bigelow didn't beat him on March 1st. While well, the reason you hear it all happened in Asbury Park is that Bigelow beat him because he's the better man. Taz getting up earlier to train and stopping later. He's far from dead and he's going to do something right now. Shake Bigelow's hand, congratulate the TV champion who won fair and square. Taz puts his hand out, Bigelow shakes it. Taz wishes him luck and says that everyone knows it's just a matter of time before Taz gets his belt back. Sandman stops Taz from leaving and offers his hand out of respect. Taz obliges and leaves. Uh, so real quick before the match, Matt, what do you think of this with Taz kind of showing respect to Bigelow? I think it fits his gimmick, right? He's always, mm-hmm. that's what they've been building him as a guy that respects tradition and um, you know, even it was a few months ago, right, where he, did, he wanted to do the real tagging, didn't want to do the tornado style stuff, like so. Right. I think like him owning up to 
getting beat clean and shaking the mm. guy's hand. Like, I think it fits right on his brand. Well, I mean, the thing is, uh, Taz is kind of like a prize fighter, right? Right. And 95% of prize fighters, after they lose a match, they're going to get up and they're going to shake hands with the guy that beat them. So I, mm. I think that that complete that totally fits. Uh, I feel like uh, Taz saying that he's going to uh, train harder. Uh, I think that means that Taz is now literally going to kill everybody if he's <laughs> training harder. Because, I mean, we, we've seen the videos of him working out where he's just uh, killing these fools in his ring with the orange light. Like, if that's him, uh, not necessarily training light, but if he's going to amp it up from that, like, he, he's going to kill Shane in two and a half minutes when they eventually face each other. So uh, I look forward to that day. But until then, this was really good. And I, I thought uh, Sandman uh, sh- shaking Taz was all interesting. And they kind of alluded to Taz don't exactly see eye to eye or like each other, really. So I thought that was interesting that Sandman uh, showed respect to Taz, too. So, yeah, I thought this was uh, really well done, Jenny. Uh, that's a hell of a look for a man um, to come and, and be as honorable as Taz here is in his orange turtleneck and his fanny pack. Um, just quite a look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, for his very mm-hmm. sincere words for Bigelow. I, Are you going to tell I, him it's ugly? I'm not going to tell him. I, I mean, I, I, I yeah. have from 20 years or 48 mm-hmm. years or how many years it's been since 1998. Um, <laughs> but I could probably take Taz now, so it's fine. Oh, um, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Taz, don't come for me. Taz, if you're listening. Or uh, watching on YouTube. Or watching. Yeah, right. as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I liked it. I have a, a huge soft spot for respect crap, and the Sandman one really took it over the limit. I was waiting for Taz to smack him when Sandman put his hand up. I mean, I, I was kind of like, oh no, but then they did it right, and then he left. That was good. I, I A real nice showing by Taz. Right, well, Bamber jumps Sandman as he watches Taz leave and stomps away. We clip to Sandman slugging on Bigelow. We clip again to a bloody Sandman punching Bigelow on the floor and throwing a table at him. Sandman walks away, comes back with a ladder, throws it at Bigelow's head. We clip back inside where Sandman is targeting a cut in Bigelow's eye. Bamber shoots Sandman into the ladder, avalanches him into it. We clip to Sandman jabbing the cut eye with a cane for two. Sandman canes Bigelow. We get to a clip of Bigelow smashing Sandman with a flurry of cane shots for two. Sandman shoots Bigelow into the ladder, which breaks, and then flies into it with a charge, but Bigelow catches him and finishes with the greetings from Asbury Park. Yeah, pretty Again, a lot of clips lately for us, uh, but a fun match from what mm-hmm. we saw. looks violent. We don't see a lot of that from Bigelow so far in this mm-hmm. run. Uh, the cut eye was nasty. Bigelow overpowering and outlasting, finds a way to win. Sandman was game through the bad back, as Joey notes. Comes up short. So, Jenny, I give this, like, an extrapolated expected two and three quarter star rating. Uh, we didn't get to see all of it, sorry, but what? based Jeez. on what we saw, I can extrapolate out to figure about two oh, and three oh. quarters. Okay. I can, Is that I can how guesstimate we based on their one? styles, what uh-huh. we've seen from them. I didn't know we, we saw could do here. that. Yeah, we can just I can vision I'd it out. watch all my matches on fast forward. It changes my worldview. Um, it has felt like a two and three quarters to me. You're not wrong because I had that. I've watched 690 ECW matches. I can, You're an expert in the field. You know. Piece together what I think it's going to be. Yeah. We could just like chat GPT this whole rest of this thing. And, I mean, um, I'm just well. saying. Um, but I liked it too. And I, I want to see more. They had the cool um, ladder suplex and the table suplex. Um, I love the ladder stuff here. Super violent. Uh, Bigelow's eye looked very fucked up, and I just love Sandman. So, um, you know, 
give give Bigelow all the messy ass wins. <laughs> I have a feeling we might be in for a few more of these. Hopefully. What do you Maddie? got for us, Suzbot? API. Uh, I went uh, and extrapolated, <laughs> uh, uh, co- contemplated, formulated uh, two and a half on this. Uh, my main takeaway was that it was interesting to see Bam Bam bleed. Like, that's a thing you almost never see, even here. Like, he, I, has he bled once? I don't know. That was that was my main thing. So it, it looked really good for what we saw. But since we only saw clips, it's an extrapolated two and a half seems right. <laughs> so we'll go with that. But it did look good for what we saw. So two and a half. All right. Al Sills backstage with head. He's scribbling on a wall and has a seizure as we hear Douglas ranting. Assumingly, it's inside his head um, that we're supposed to be hearing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that sets up our main event, which is Raw Van Dam taking on Al Snow. Uh, RVD and Fonzie hang in the ring while the headbangers ball fires up. Snow and head come out to a big pop. After a break, RVD's in control of Snow. He's peppering him with impact offense. We clip ahead to Snow, catching RVD on a springboard, dumps him brutally on his head and neck. Oh, that was awesome. We clip again to RVD dumping Snow into the crowd. He meets him with a senton plancha off the rail. We cut to RVD hitting a sidekick off the rail. Clip back to the ring where Snow <coughs> excuse me, gets a pair of ocean, ocean cyclone suplexes. We clip to Snow throwing RVD outside. He meets him with a baseball slide, knocks him into the crowd. Snow hops on the apron, moonsaults into RVD in the crowd like a madman. A crazy spot. We clip back inside where Snow hits a powerbomb, misses a top rope moonsault. We clip to RVD hitting a split-legged moonsault and then trying the Van Daminator, but Snow dodges grabs a chair and bashes RVD with it. Snow gets an atomic drop and DDT, but Fonzie makes a save. He hits RVD uh, by accident in the process. Snow grabs Fonzie, but RVD saves with the Van Daminator, and the ref goes down as well. RVD tries to hustle, rustle the ref, but then he hops up and misses the frog splash. Snow hits a snowplow, but still no ref. Out comes Sabu. Snow catches him on the way in. Sabu kicks a chair into RVD by accident, and Snow picks up the win. Sabu and RVD argue after. Fonzie tries to cool them down. He eventually gets them to a good place. RVD, though, leaves Sabu hanging on a high five. Sabu jumps to the top like he's going to take him out with a plancha, but Fonzie stops him as we fade. Uh, so, Jenny, I thought this was pretty good. The crowd was hot. A uh, big win for Snow to beat RVD. Not everyone was doing it at this point. Uh, sloppy finish, but kind of what you expect from these guys. Uh, the big issue with the Van Daminator is that everything like always looks awkward. Throwing the chair, holding the chair, the kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the clunkiness is it's endearing for RVD. So this is what it is. Uh, good brawl, some high spots. Snow's rolling. I think the post-match was interesting, too, is Sabu finally breaking from RVD's treatment of him, uh, not kind of giving the respect back. So we'll see. I went three stars on this, though. I did, too. Um, you know, if Sabu would just stop running in on these matches that are not his, um, he would stop costing RVD his matches. Seems like why is Fonzie letting him do that? Fonzie has a whole plan here, right? I don't know. It's it just it's it's good. I like it. It's just it's getting messy with them too, but it was worth it um, for the implosion at the end of the match. I really like that fading shot of Sabu mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just about to jump on his ass and Fonzie holding him back. So um, the the match looked. Awesome. I I would love to see an unclipped version of this. Um, I like Snow just basically countering everything that RVD has to offer, which is a lot. Um, so he just looks super strong in this match for me, Matt. Yeah, I went two and three quarter on it. Uh, just the visual of the heads bobbing to the music is fantastic. It's such a neat look. Like it's it's a look you don't really get and a vibe you don't really get all that often, especially at this point in time. So I thought that was really well done. 
Uh, the finish I thought was interesting uh, with, uh, you know, it was only a matter of time. I feel like before you knew that RVD and Sabu were eventually something was, they were going to have some sort of tiff for kerfuffle. So, I mean, I, I was surprised they didn't actually do it here. Like I thought once you saw them going at it, that it was going to have, they were going to have a knockdown drag out. So I'm kind of glad they held off on it too. So you can build to it a little bit more. Uh, RVD no longer has a neck after mm. that, uh, after mm-hmm. that suplex, that was brutal. Uh, just that's not a thing a normal human would survive. So maybe RVD's doing Van Dam lifts with his neck too, along with his arms. Cause that's the only way you're going to be able to survive something like that. But uh, yeah, another really fun match here. So uh, I went to two and three quarter on it. Does it take anything away from Sabu to be able to be talked down? Like so consistently by Fonzie? Like I think he's just got, you know, he loves Fonzie. He's got respect for him, so he just trusts him inherently. Fonzie's got his ear for whatever reason, and he just, you know, I think deep down too, he cares about RVD. He's like, mm. he's a he's a is a menace and an animal, but like these are his people, right? That he like whatever. It's like two brothers who Sabu's like the patient older brother dealing with like the annoying little brother who just thinks he's like better <laughs> and trying to prove himself constantly, right? Fonzie's kind of like the uncle trying to keep them together, um, so. I think he just like likes both guys enough where he just deals with the bullshit. And at some point it may be enough, but for right now it's tolerable for him. So it just sort of takes away from his, you know, homicidal genocidal um, tagline a little bit. He's just being, he just feels very corralled, you know, like stronger showing that patience, Jenny, you know, not to give in believe that at all. No. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Award time. Best match. I did go with that main event of snow versus RVD. Mm, yes. I actually went with uh, Candido and Storm against Lynn and Chetty. I had the same. So. All right. Worst match, I went with the Rotten Balls tag. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I guess. Uh, best moment, I went Snow's Asai Moonsault to the crowd. It was like awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. Most 90s, not a lot in this one. I, I went Danny Doring. <laughs> Those 90s to me. Um, uh, Taz's fanny pack. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, yes. Uh, Stock Rising, I went Rotten Balls, RVD, Bigelow, Taz. Snow? Snow. Nope. Falling, I went Lance Wright as usual, and uh, nope. Pablo Marquez. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Final grade, I went 6 out of 10. I think it was like an above average show. It had matches I thought I'd want to see, but the clipping definitely hurt. Ugh. Yes. Especially the last two. I'd rather yeah. have just not had one of those tags. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I did like the Candido match, I would have just done without the Rotten Balls three-way. Yeah. Like, that could have literally just been a clip of the finish with them, with the brawl. Mm-hmm. And just giving us the other three matches maybe a little bit more complete. Because um, as is, it was like more highlights than match. Mm-hmm. It was still good. I liked the episode, but not, not anything. To me, like six is my baseline. ECW is going to be pretty nothing or bad to go below that. Um, but this didn't elevate up to like the really good ECW stuff. That's like, okay, check this out. I mean, that makes sense. I, I, I don't know what their rhyme or reason is for what they chop up and <clears throat> you know, what gets what. So mm-hmm. uh, six and a half for me. Yeah. I mean, I went six and a half on it, but I, they run into this thing every time they have a four match episode where they have to clip it. Cause they only have an hour. It's like, just like you said, just cut out one of these matches, preferably the opener. So we don't have to hear Danny Doring talk. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. 
Let's go ahead a week to April 4th, 1998. We open with highlights from last week's main event, including the issues brewing between Van Damme and Sabu. We get our opening animation, and then Joey's in the nest, running down the title matches for Wrestlepalooza in Marietta. Snow versus Douglas, Rotten Balls versus Candido and Storm, Sabu versus Bigelow. And next week, Bigelow will defend against Rob Van Dam. And Fonzie says Van Dam's job is to soften up Bigelow. Mikey Whipwreck is back. He'll face Just Incredible next week in Buffalo as oh, well. Oh, God. Lots going on. <laughs> Gonna die. We then get a historical clip of RVD and Sabu. We go back to 1996 when RVD refused to shake Sabu's hand. That led to an iconic feud, then brought them into a team that's barely being held together by Bill Alfonso. He's aiming both guys at Bigelow. Bigelow's under fire, being gunned for by Sandman, Taz, New Jack, Cronus, Spike Dudley. So kind of a cool way to talk up all these mm-hmm. dudes and mm-hmm. remind us that Bigelow's under fire for his TV title with a bunch of dudes chasing. So whatever. All right, let's get to our opening match as we have Dudley versus Dudley. We talked about the lack of Dudleys Dudley. lately, huh? uh, but we have Spike Dudley going, going to war against his brother Bubba in a Dudleyville street fight. Uh, Bubba's with his whole crew. Joel Gertner does his usual antics, which takes a while. Uh, <laughs> he gets bullied by Devon to announce him as 132 pounds <laughs> and a bantamweight champion. Uh, there's a guy in the crowd that looks just like Gertner. He's dressed like Gertner. Yes! And mm-hmm. Joel says, he looks like me, but he's eight inches shorter, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Uh, Spike storms out. We clip to Bigelow throwing him around. Spike tries to bring the heat. Spike keeps moving till Bigelow catches him with a... Not Bigelow. Bubba catches him with a power, power slam. We clip ahead to Spike coming back with a headbutt to the groin. He tries the acid drop, but Bubba blocks with a nice back suplex and says, oh my God, I killed Spike. Of course, this is during the height of South Park. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been what season one, probably at this point. That start ninety seven. Yeah, one or two. Yeah. So I killed Kenny. Was obviously like uttered in every fucking high school in the country at this point. <laughs> um, and so we get that here. Bubba batters Spike with some hard strikes. Spike gets a center on Bubba. We clip to Bubba, flinging him hard to the floor. Bubba follows out with smashes him with a chair. We clip to Bubba dragging a bloody Spike into the post. Spike comes firing back into Bulldog on the floor, flies at Bubba with a somersault plancha. We clip back into the ring where Spike is hammering away in the corner, tries a Rana, but he gets blocked into a powerbomb. Bubba stomps on Spike's chest. He dances and tries another powerbomb, but Spike slips free too early, so they reset, and this time Spike hits a snake eyes. Spike covers, but Dick and Devon break things up, and they beat their brother down. Cronus comes out makes a save, cutting through the Dudleys, but he gets swarmed and hit with a 3D. Natural Born Killers fires up, and out comes New Jack to a big pop. He's got his weapons. He cuts through the Dudleys with a violent assault, including a steel bread rack to the nuts of Bubba. Spike comes in and works over Bubba with a punch and steel pan. We clip ahead to Sign Guy with a sign that says New Jack dropped the soap in prison, which is a Oof. bad idea. New Oof. Jack smashes Sign Guy with a guitar to the side of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Spike sneaks in, hits an acid drop through the table on Bubba and gets the upset win. Uh, I like this. It was a fun shit show brawl. Uh, this one had real good energy. The crowd was into it. Uh, actually had some cohesion as well. Spike winning is fun, but the Dullies are so stuck in the mud right now. They have not mm-hmm. moved at all. Um, we'll see at some point, but right now they're spinning wheels. So Jenny went three stars. I really like this as a brawl, as a fuck fest. Um, and then with a good ending with Spike getting the feel good win on Bubba. What do you think of this whole thing? I liked it too. Um, Joel, one of I'm sure Matt will read some, but the one mm-hmm. I thought was the best. Joel says, I'm like the middle of the litter box. I'm always surrounded by pussy. Um, and he got a great reaction to that, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is the kind of um, Dudley match that I like specifically. Spike, 
just bumping around like crazy. He does that really cool, like roll rolling shoulder. Um, the camera got him like perfect. He's running off the apron, does the shoulder spot right into the railing. He looks awesome. Like when you can catch him doing shit like that. And he just continues <laughs> no matter what happens, no matter how much he gets his ass beat, he always gets back up. He's covered with blood. Little guy just swarmed by these huge Dudleys, but he was scrappy as hell. So he is so much fun to watch. I love that he won. Um, the run-ins were good. Um, I don't know why we needed everybody to run in. But I did like the uh, guitar shot uh, design guy. That was great. Uh, I did the three stars, Matt. I'm with you guys. Uh, three stars on this. Uh, a very fun one of these wild, chaotic uh, fuckfest brawls, like you said. Uh, the only Gertner thing uh, we haven't mentioned is that he says that uh, Big Dick's bodily functions make El Nino look like pissing in the wind, which, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Oh I mean, God. The, the Gertner uh, intro was very long, but goddamn, it was worth it. Just he's fantastic. I mean, he was he's in a lot of cases, not necessarily for this one. He's better than the match itself for the Dudleys, mm-hmm. but like in this case i think the match was equal if not better so I, I i really enjoyed this match a huge win for spike spike is awesome i love watching spike do his thing and the way bubba just fucking kills him with the power slams the back suplex there was a power bomb at one point that was great so i just think spike knows how to take a beating and bubba's pretty good at giving one and with you know with bubba being able to throw spike around like that i just think it was a super fun match and then you get new jack to come out and just destroy sign guy which was super entertaining so yeah i mean I think that's the best way to describe this match. It's entertaining as hell. So, I mean, for me, three stars, I guess. It, it was it was super fun to watch. So, and a big win for Spike. Mm-hmm. The lookalike of Joel in the crowd <laughs> broke me. That yeah. shit was hilarious. Yeah. It is Imagine hilarious. dressing up like Joel Gertner. I mean, get me a neck brace. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to two weeks ago in Queens for Douglas's rant about being the franchise and how Snow's not getting his he- in his head, leading to the crowd pelting the ring with a styrofoam. Snow would emerge and run off the champ. Joey's in the nest. He talks about the Snow-Douglas feud and how Shane's closest confidants have admitted the heads have driven the champ nuts. Joey reminds us that ECW has cleared Cablevision and Viewer's Choice 1, picking up 10 million more homes, meaning Wrestlepalooza will be the biggest pay-per-view in the history of the company. Joey then hypes the video release of Living Dangerously. Out this week, we revisit highlights from that night where Snow set himself up by pinning Shane Douglas. RVD Sabu and Fonzie in the back. RVD says he's on camera to help bring up the ratings. It talks about his TV title match at Bigelow next week. All the hype. He's excited. And so is Fonzie. Fonzie is ready to have Sabu bring the TV title home at Russellpalooza. RVD says he'll have pride in the title when Sabu wins it, and he'll defend it like it's his own. But really, there's a chance he could win it himself next week. Fonzie says, yeah, yeah, RVD is going to soften him up. RVD says fans are going to believe that Bigelow is going to go down next week. He's already beaten him before. He says he has a lot of momentum pushing him into this match. So usual RVD with the backhand comments, jokes about having no teeth, freaks for friends. And he hangs out Sabu on the high five. So just, you know, Matt, again, classic RVD here. Uh, he's just been completely on fire during all this angle and fantastic here again. Yeah, uh, Fonzie just over the moon about RVD's title shot, just losing his fucking mind. Uh, RVD also wearing a collared shirt, which is a choice. Uh, preppy RVD is not a thing. I was but they're all so good at. They're all saying different things, but it sounds like they're on the same page. It's amazing. Like <laughs> right. RVD is like clearly saying, "I'm gonna do this for myself and win the title." Fonzie is like, "Yeah, yeah, he's gonna soften him up, Daddy." And Sabu's just like staring at the nose. It's, like, right. it's like they're all doing different shit, but it feels like they're not. But they all somehow don't hear each other what they're all saying. It's it's like this magic that they put on. It's yeah. crazy. 
there was a decent amount of one-liners in this too. RVD saying he was going to defend the title like his own. Uh, uh, RVD saying some of his best friends are freaks. Uh, Fonzie also saying that uh, Bam's tattoos are wearing out. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> no idea what that fucking means. But like you said, I mean, they're all saying they're all like in the ballpark of saying the same thing, but they're not saying the same thing. And it's it's great. RVD is uh, he's on fire right now. And uh, we'll see what happens with that that uh, title match next week. But uh, it could be interesting, Jenny. Yeah, these variations of the same promo, um, it, it just hits. I don't know. It's like you said, it's just some sort of weird magic that they have. Um, but we'll see how much longer that lasts. Mm-hmm. All right. It is now time for our Blue Meanie's sitting in the bleachers mocking Raven while doing a Dr. Seuss rhyme until Nova stops him, says they don't have time. They've been in the company two years and have done nothing. Their mentor left, the BW was great, they live crazy lives, but beyond that, his life sucks. Can't get any worse. He's got $10 jeans and a $6 haircut. They should just go ahead and drive off a bridge tonight. He says the only positive is that they're injury-free so far in 1998. And of course, then they bang heads and get hurt. A couple of stooges. The FBI are in a stairwell. They're doing their thing. They're talking big old RVD. They talk about Utah upsetting North Carolina. <laughs> March Madness. I believe Utah ended up making the finals that year. Uh, Bigelow can't get by Sabu. Smothers keeps running the odds and numbers. Rich talks about meeting with Gordon Soley at a Tampa bar. And Gordon told him Buzz Sawyer was going to win. And, that, and then he goes to get a tattoo. Just amazing stuff. Uh, Meany asks Nova if Stevie will ever come back. And Nova says no because he killed him. And Meany says, oh my god, you killed Stevie, you bastard. Again, we're just all in a South Park. Mimic and Cartman uh, getting the Stevie joke about him being gone. Uh, Candido's ranting about being a tag champion on his own with the triple threat behind him. Douglas shit talks Storm thinking he was one of them and then hypes up Bigelow's Warpath. Sandman's in the back says he's coming for the TV title with a cane, a cigarette, and a beer. Douglas starts in on Snow being held down, says Francine groans and tells him not to start. Kids <laughs> Bigelow roll their eyes and tells try they try and keep Shane calm and not get worked up over the head. So. This is funny. This felt like three friends that are just tired of hearing this, their other friend shit. And they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, not again. Yes. Um, you know, let's just calm down. Say we don't have to get into this again. <laughs> um, so I like this Pulp Fiction a lot, Jenny. I thought there was some really funny stuff in here. Even with the fucking South Park joke being beaten into the ground. But the dig at Stevie being gone was funny. Mm-hmm. And we're happy to see the blue mini back. <laughs> it was uh, good. I, I like Bernie. Quote the craven, eat more. He said. <laughs> That was and his belly was all hanging out. That was great. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I still see uh, you know their t-shirts occasionally in the crowd. Maybe they still have something left. I don't know. Nova looked like he was trying to look like Stevie Light with his hair, <laughs> um, like that. But sorry, Stevie's beating you on the hair. Um, the FBI making bets was fantastic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> little Guido trying to. <laughs> Iron him out and nobody listening to him. It was just fantastic. The Buzz Sawyer line actually killed me because um, that was genius. Um, Shane going crazy. I love Sandman. I love how they do his in black and white. Um, really, it, he's just off being moody and doing his own shit while the whole company is just in chaos. And he just <laughs> he's just smoking and drinking, um, chilling. I really, I laughed out loud when Francine said, 
Oh, Shane, don't stop. <laughs> She's so and done I, with the shit. She's so done with it. God, I cannot live. Because I, I like to imagine them, you know, uh, in various ways. But in one mm-hmm. way, it's just him just ranting and her just like doing normal things like folding laundry. And so, like, uh-huh, <laughs> Shane, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's um, completely done. Yeah. And he said the heads don't bother me. So I thought that was great, too. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that's true. All right, let's get to our awards here uh, for this episode. Best match was our only match. It was the Dudley Dudley Dudleyville match. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Worst match, none. Uh, best moment, I just I went with Spike winning. I mean, I guess this, you know, the stuff in the Pulp Fiction was good too. With the especially the FBI for me was funny. The Gordon Soli shit. Gertner's pre-match. There's, there's some good stuff in here. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go with Gertner. Yeah, Gertner was on fire. Yeah, it was great. I went with that for most 90s, uh, his promo, because it was very much something mm. that wouldn't happen today. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At least not on TV. Right. Uh, stock rising, I went with Spike, RVD, the FBI, the Triple Threat, and Gertner. I thought everyone had a pretty good night. Yep. I would agree. Stock falling, I just went Nova and Meanie, and like, the Raven thing was funny. They should have left it at that. Like Them coming back. And basically admitting that they're bums and like stooges. I know it's a way to get them back on TV, maybe and mix it up, but it just kind of felt like a little too self-deprecating. And also like doing the South Park thing, we had just seen it already that earlier in the night. So it was like again, like it just felt like real gratuitous to like go back to the South Park thing. Honestly, they should have been the ones to do it and not earlier with the Dudleys or wherever the hell we had it. Um, right. I think it actually makes more sense with those goofs. But just hearing it for a second time in forty minutes was like okay, like, right. we get it. We're all into South Park. We don't really you know, constantly need it. I don't know. I guess the BWO, like that's just kind of what they do. Like their little right thing or whatever. I don't know. I was, I was happy mm. to see them. It's silly, yeah. but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it was done just to, Hey, remember the BWO, like that type yeah. of thing. So. Well, it's clear that they may be getting them back out on, right. know, on TV or whatever. Um, so season one of South park started August 13th, 97. It ended February 25th, and then the second season started April 1st, runs until January 20th, 99. So we're had just started season two. Right. South Park here. So that's, I'd say that's about when it really started to heat up. Like, mm-hmm. I remember my senior year of high school is when it was really big, and that was, that would have been 97, 98. Like, I remember right. hearing a lot about people talking, oh, Kenny dies every episode, and like this and that. And... <laughs> um, all right, stock, uh, final grade. I went five out of ten, and there's not a lot here besides the Dudley match. Just kind of a Again, it feels like we're getting these filler episodes like once every cycle now, where it's like they kind of run out of old footage before the next taping and they got to just throw shit in there. So um, it was good, but yeah. Um, well, I'm going to do six out of 10. I liked it a little bit more. Yeah, I, I went five on the five and a half on the uh, on the back of uh, Spike winning in the Pulp Fiction. So. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our final episode. That is April 11th, 1998. We head right inside the Burt Flickinger Center in Buffalo. <laughs> Draws is beating down Cronus and Spike after they were def- after they won against Danny Doring and Roadkill. Natural Born Killers fires up. Out comes New Jack with his bucket of violence. He hops in the ring, cleans house on Wright's boys with some nasty weapon shots. Draws comes firing in on New Jack. He beats him down. New Jack rallies and starts to pepper him with weapons, but Draws stands tall. Draws sets up a three-point stance and charges, but he misses. He slams into an ironing board, and then Jack crushes him with a guitar. Uh, pretty good showing for Draws in this. He looked tough, uh, but New Jack's always New Jack. And uh, Matt, I think, is that the clip that's in Beyond the Mat? Remember they show, like, Draws... Uh, when they're talking about his rise, they show a clip of him mm-hmm. 
you. And I think it's New Jack hitting him with a guitar. I think it might have been that. Um, that, that. That would make some sense. It's been a while since I've seen Beyond the Mat. Is that before or after the puke scene in the uh, in the boardroom? <laughs> I, board I feel like it's at, at the end when they're like saying where they're all at or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like Draws hasn't quite made it yet. Or, you know, whatever it is. And like he's, they show him get whacked with the guitar or whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean, what else is making his highlight real, I guess? Puking. <laughs> he's he's got to He's gonna. <laughs> All right, we get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. He sets up the night ahead, including Rob Van Dam trying to soften up Bam and Bigelow for Russapalooza and Sabu. Joey sends us to quick highlights of some other action at the Flickinger. Uh, FBI's entrance, BWO's entrance. We get clips of a BWO FBI match with a red hot crowd. A lot of fire from the Blue World Order. But the mm-hmm. FBI win thanks to the Big Don. Uh, we then get Al Snow's entrance and clips of a match with Candido, where Snow won clean. Um, any quick thoughts there before we get to our first match? Mm, I mean, the crowd loving mm-hmm. uh, Media Nova is, mm. is pretty great. Uh, I, I like that for them. So excited that they're getting a good um, reaction to their return. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that, like we said, that last episode was them getting reintroduced mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. show back up. And they could use another opening card act. Like, they got right. Doring and Roadkill now. They got FBI, right. BWO. They can kind of mix and mash to help get guys over. You just kind of you kind of need teams in general at this point. So. Yeah, or even solo stuff like like we had for a long time. Right? We had, like, Damian mm-hmm. Kane and those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, we had dudes that just, like, were opening match acts that just right. would get the right. shit kicked out of them. So right now, we kind of only have the FBI. So mm-hmm. cycling in these other dudes to take beatings, like, makes sense. Because you need that. To, and these CW crowds are always into it. Like, right. having that hot opener with, like, these goofy teams or goofy guys um, seems to work. All right, to the ring we go for our big rivalry as Just Incredible takes on Mikey Whipwreck. It's where it all began in Buffalo with that attack on the knee. Uh, Credible's got Jason and Chastity with him. Mikey's in the ring hammering away on Credible after a break. Mikey kicks low. He crotches Credible on the post. The crowd is rabid. Mikey batters the knee with the post in a chair. Mikey snaps Credible's neck across the top rope, and Credible flops to the floor. Mikey follows and pours it on with a rush of leg sweep into the guardrail. Mikey is beating the piss out of Credible using anything he can find. Back inside, Credible gets a power slam. He slows down Mikey. Credible opens a chair and chokes away. Jason lands a couple shots as well, and then Credible spikes Mikey into a chair for two. Credible hammers away as Jason rants on the mic about the crowd treating Credible poorly. Credible gets a tiger bomb for two, continues to work him into a sleeper hold. Credible puts Mikey on the top rope, but Mikey crotches him, takes him over the Franken Mikey, gets a neck breaker for two, and gets a top rope whippersnapper for two. Jason makes a save. He assaults the ref. Jason gets to the ring and eats a whippersnapper himself. Chastity gets on Mikey's back and fights her off, but then he gets a whippersnapper on Jeff Jones as he arrives. Chastity gets Mikey by the balls, and that allows Credible to hit That's Incredible for the win. Credible and crew assault Mikey more after the bell. They rip apart his knee with chair shots until Tommy Dreamer makes a save. Uh, super red hot match. The atmosphere is great. Mikey's anger and fire is great. Credible battled and battled. I like the finishing stretch as well. Uh, Credible always has tricks up his sleeve to seal these wins. Mikey looked great. This was well done top to bottom. I like the post match. I think him losing is whatever here because I feel like we might get one more. We've already kind of hinted that. Remember, they had said Mikey would be back at the pay per view. So we'll see if we get that there. So I went three and a quarter on this, Jenny. Like, I thought this was really good stuff. I did three and a quarter too, but it, it's, it just seems, I don't know. He's art. He's injured. Like he's right. obviously not going to be a hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of fire and hate for credible and he, he works the match, but like he gets his ass beat and mm. it, you know, it, 
it takes away a little bit of something because he he is clearly not doing well right. <laughs> um just walking around in general and i feel i fear he looks a little dumb and weak um mikey but I, yeah i mean i think he looks gutsy he's in his own town trying to he always looks come gutsy. back and fight and i don't know it just i think the knee injury makes him look less weak because he's got a reason to lose you know i mean I, I i just don't think he should be working a match like he just shouldn't be right doing it it just doesn't look like he's ready to do it i don't know but i did the three and a quarter anyway matt yeah, I went three stars on it. Uh, I thought Mikey uh, looked good in this match, considering it was his first match back uh, since the injury. But it, he loses again. I was, I honestly, I thought Mikey was going to win, given he was in his hometown and whatnot. Like I thought, yeah. he was gonna, I thought he was going to be able to like defy the odds or whatever you want to call it, even if it was like a cheap roll up or something. Like because I mean, they already announced that the pay per view was happening, so I mean, they could have had credible gut in his win there. I mean, I guess they can do the inverse of that, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like Mikey winning in his hometown would have been a pretty cool moment even with the knee injury so, but mm-hmm. i mean e- even as is i i did enjoy the match i thought it was really fun these these credible matches they they pack in a ton of chaos into like such a short window and it's actually it's pretty cool to see like yeah. none of his matches really overstay it's welcome that there's a lot of moving pieces to him and they're all really fun to watch he hasn't really had a bad match yet which is impressive because he's been around mm-hmm. since what the summer. So I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty. I mean, his I feel like his baseline for a match is like three stars, which is what right. I went on this one. So, yeah, just another uh, super fun, credible match. So three stars for me. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like he's outside his um, pay grade at all or his push, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was kind mm-hmm. of no. So. no. All right, here we go. Main event time as Rob Van Dam challenges oh, Bam Bam Bigelow for the TV title. Fonzie leads that RVD. All these extra implications in place. Bigelow has his eye taped from that Sandman match. He comes in hot with some strikes. RVD peppers some kicks, but Bigelow counters a Rana to a powerbomb. Fonzie keeps telling RVD to do his job and soften him up. RVD gets back in the ring, kicks Bigelow on a charge. It's a high cross body and a top rope sidekick into a tumbling splash. Bigelow ducks a charge. RVD flies hard to the floor. Bigelow follows and bangs on RVD using the post and railing. RVD tries to propel into Bigelow, but the champ flies into him in the crowd and follows in. RVD shoves Bigelow into the railing, gets a Rana into the chairs and the fans. RVD scuttles to the ring and flies off the top into Bigelow in the crowd with a dive. Just a maniac. RVD goes back to the ring and does another big dive off the top. The crowd is losing it. RVD hangs Bigelow on the railing. He batters him with a guillotine leg drop off the apron. Bigelow recovers with a clothesline and power bombs Rob Van Dam on a table, elbows him through it off the apron. RVD is up first. He starts to target the eye, which is now bleeding again. Bigelow shoves him off and smacks him with a chair and rolls in the ring. Bigelow tries to suplex RVD off the apron, but RVD drops forward and snaps Bigelow across the top. He comes off the top, but Bigelow counters into a power bomb. Bigelow goes up top, but whiffs on a moonsault. RVD scampers up and hits a frog splash for a nice near fall. Bigelow gets two on a Samoan drop and hits a nasty brain buster for two. Bigelow throws RVD to the corner by his throat and splashes him. He loads up the greetings from Asbury, but Sabu comes in. He throws a chair at Bigelow's head. Bigelow catches Sabu on a dive and throws him into Van Dam. Bigelow loads up a powerbomb, but Sabu jabs Bigelow in the eye with something. RVD then hits a Van Daminator. Bigelow tumbles back over Sabu, and RVD covers to win the match in a very shocking moment and a huge pop. RVD celebrates, but Fonzie and Sabu seem annoyed. The triple threat come to the ring to check on Bigelow as the lights pop out. Sabu tries to rip the belt from RVD, but he's also celebrating now as well. Just a great moment. 
great match. Great chemistry and energy from both guys. Just full balling out. May the best in-ring Bigelow's looked in ECW. Just unloading the chamber, moving with speed and agility and power, some fresh offense. RVD was awesome as always. The crowd is engaged. Uh, a coming out party in ring for Bigelow and ECW, I felt. The finish, too, plays hard into the story with RVD winning the belt instead of softening Bigelow, building drama for Sabu. What will we see at Wrestlepalooza now? Uh, it protected Bigelow with the kind of a fluky finish. And Jenny, I went three and three quarters. I love this whole production, this whole match, the title change, the storyline. They paid it off well. And uh, Bigelow's TV title ring comes to a quick end. And RVD now has the belt. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, it's sad, um, but not unexpected at this point because we'll kind of, if I have to hear soften him up again, I mean, Jesus, that was just very annoying. Soften him up, Daddy. Soften him up. <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, but yeah, they just really beat the fucking shit out of each other. And that relentlessness that I love about Bigelow, he was bringing it just as hard to RVD. But, you know, and why didn't the triple threat run out when, when fucking Sabu ran out? That's my question, but um, I mean, they have done a good job at keeping the triple threat out of the Bigelow matches, but it seems unfair that they can't if Sabu can. So, um, the crowd got a real treat because this was big and bloody and mm. fantastic, and RVD will be goddamn insufferable after this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that will be very exciting for me. Three and three quarter stars, Matt. I'm with you guys three and three quarters on this super fun match. I, I thought this was, I, I was disappointed by the match they had it. I want to say it was like house party. And uh, this match to me was more of what I was expecting from these two guys. Just hell of a bomb fest. I mean, they just went out there for 20 minutes, whatever it was, and just threw bombs and didn't stop. A uh, hell of a match for this Buffalo crowd for a house show. You get a, a awesome match like this. Plus you get a title change. Like if you're at that show, you're going home like psyched just seeing that. I mean, this match was fantastic. The two dives from RVD back to back was insane. The crowd's just losing their minds. I mean, these guys just killed each other for 20 minutes. The power bomb on the table was sick. And then the elbow drop the table doesn't break. So bam, just drops an elbow on him. Just nonstop crazy shit like that. Uh, if you've never seen this match, definitely seek it out. Cause it's awesome. It's a great match. It's a great title change. Uh, bam, bam, losing the title already kind of a bummer, but I don't know. I, I don't hate it that much with, with how RVD has been. Mm -hmm. I feel like you had to capitalize on it at some point, kind of like the Al Snow thing, maybe, you know, to a similar, right. I mean, RVD has been around for longer, obviously, mm -hmm. but it's like, he's been on fire for the past couple of months. So reward him for it. It makes sense to me. So yeah, three and three quarter for me. Awesome match. And, and it feels like Taz is above the TV title. And if he's still mm -hmm. kind of in it with Bigelow, Bigelow's probably kind of above the TV title. Right. He doesn't really need it in the triple threat. So I think it was good to get it to RVD to see if this causes issues with him and Sabu. Oh, Oh, I have a feeling it might. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we got one more place to go here before we wrap up. And that is, of course, with one more. Oh, he eulogizes the Beatle TV title reign. Then back to trying to rationalize how to deal with all these conspiracies against them. Douglas is seething. Rotten Balls mocks Storm and Candido. Fonzie celebrates with Sabu and RVD. They say they'll defend against anybody in ECW, including Bigelow in his rematch at Russellpalooza. But before they get too ahead of themselves, in comes Paulie dangerously. He says the title shot belongs to Sabu. Fonzie says, yeah, Daddy, Sabu can defend one night. RVD will defend another night. But RVD kind of slows him down. Like, hey, hey, hey this is my belt. <laughs> Heyman says Fonzie doesn't understand. 
What he's saying is Sabu is getting the title shot at Wrestlepalooza against RVD. RVD and Sabu then have a tug of war with the belt as Fonzie tries to stop them. And the slate says it is official. RVD will defend against Sabu at Wrestlepalooza 98, Jenny. So what did you feel about this news now, that Bigelow out of this match at the pay-per-view? Well, I mean, seemed inevitable at this point. Um, I would like to see... I don't know. I would like to see more of a real clash between them like a like when Fonzie was stopping them uh, mm-hmm. at the end of that other episode uh, it seems like we need something before the match does that make right. sense like, mm-hmm. like well we get some time we get a few more weeks right. before Russellpalooza mm-hmm. right so right so hopefully in that time we can build this up a little bit more yeah because... we got uh, we got three more TVs before then so we'll see <laughs> okay mm-hmm. good. it's a lot of time for them yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that that's the way they're going, RVD, Sabu, like uh, Sabu being RVD's, uh, assuming that's his first title defense, uh, given that they've been butting heads on and off for, you know, six years or however long it's been. Like, it makes it makes perfect sense that uh, that's going to be the match at the pay-per-view. And uh, if it's anything like the matches they had in 1996, uh, could be a good one. So looking forward to it. I'm curious if they'll top it. You know, like the story then was good, but now they have a lot more history players yeah right yep all right awards time best match uh, to me was obviously the main event bigelow rvd yes yep kills me to put worst match at like incredible which i like right. a lot too yep um best moment it was rvd winning the title but also the super whipper snapper was awesome too yeah i i gotta go with rvd winning the title yeah, definitely. not a lot of 90s stuff i just went with the bwo yeah south park yeah south park nope it's always self work. <laughs> All right, stock rising. I went credible. Whipwreck. RVD. Bigelow. Four guys in the matches. Yep. Mm-hmm. And stock falling. Lance Wright's band of jobbers. Got worked in the opener. I, I feel like Lance Wright's getting to a point where it's just understood. You don't even have to mention him yeah, anymore. Just... You just assume he's there. Fonzie's uh, managerial skills. <laughs> oh, he's got the belt. Is it really that bad? Yeah, but now his buddies are fighting each other for the belt. Yeah, who cares? He, I mean, he wins the either goal way. Is there, he wins either way. Yeah. He wins either way. So, so. Um, all right, I like this episode quite a bit. I went eight out of ten. I think it's the best Ooh, we've seen boy. in a while. Um, I love that RVD Bigelow match. It's a huge title change. Um, it's gonna kick off some good stuff. And uh, incredible whip wreck is a great match and had a big story to it. So it's a lot going on in, in the Burt here tonight. Uh, you can have your 8 out of 10 when Mikey wins a match. So, uh, 7 out of 10. Maybe wait a while. Yes. <laughs> I, I went to 7.5, too. It's a, it's a great episode. Okay. All right, that'll do it for us here tonight. Thank you for joining. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, appreciate it. Subscribe. We'll be back in two weeks with three more episodes of TV. And then a month from today, we'll be covering Wrestlepalooza 1998. Continue to move through the history of extreme championship wrestling. Subscribe to us on any podcatcher app for our audio content and northsouthconnection.com is your home to everything you can find us on social media facebook twitter instagram and tiktok so then stay extreme and we'll talk to you soon pick it up pick it up pick it up on the scene crispy and clean you can try but don't work because you can't intervene we be the outcast down for the settle won't play rock won't play the double open the door you best believe we're sliding through it swiftly